Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Say that with me one more time. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now repeat this with me. I have been redeemed to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that the fullness of God may dwell in me. Praise God. Powerful statement. When we, when we declare that every day, we begin to realize that I am a vessel, that I am the vehicle of the presence of God to travel in. We, when, when, you come, when you go from the aspect of when you start changing your mindset from I am, I am the person, I am, you know, and God is helping me. That's the way we look at it. God is helping me. When you go from that to I am the vehicle and God is my everything. God is, God is the power. He's the one. I'm filled with the presence of God. I'm filled with the goodness of God. Then it begins to change your attitude and your outlook and uh, what you think about um, how things are going to turn out. Because we realize that whatever life's throwing at us, God has his say in it. Amen. And I want to hear what he has to say. Praise God. In the same chapter, chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, we've talked about the being uh, strengthened with might through his spirit and inner man. We've talked about the love of God and being filled with the love of God and uh, the fullness of God, to be a body wholly filled with God. And verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. As I got up this morning, I went to bed last night, and, and I was... I, just be honest, I was exhausted last night, and I kept telling Betty, I don't understand why I feel so tired. I mean, I, was, I wasn't just tired, I was beyond tired. And uh, yesterday, I told Sister Val, I saw Sister Val, and I said, hey, how about you just slay everybody in the spirit tomorrow? That, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be good. And uh, when I went to bed last night, I was exhausted, and I had a lot of things a lot of things in my mind that, you know, that direction I go. But I, I have to have, as a minister, I, I seek God for that one thing, that word, that, that word that needs to be heard, that thing that God wants to speak. When I went to bed last night, I was blank. I mean, I had nothing. I was wore out. I was exhausted. And then I warred and battled all night. In, in spiritual things. I mean, all night long, I was at war and battling. And when I, when, you know, I'd wake up different times in the night and I had a throbbing headache, my neck was stiff because I was, I was, you know, I was intense and I was fighting and warring uh, about a lot of things. I mean, it, it, not, not just my parents' situation, but all the things that I was dealing with before that. And then, uh, uh, things in overseas and all this stuff and you know we're at a place where we we've got to start breaking through we've got to start having some movement there's no movement and all night long I just warred about that and just just was uh, just one of those uh, nights where you know you're you're fighting and you're half asleep maybe asleep you're awake and you, you don't know if you're awake or asleep and you're just fighting all night and then this morning before the alarm went off 
all of a sudden my eyes popped open and this statement, my eyes popped open with this statement, I smell victory. <laughs> Where'd that come from? And my next thought was, what's victory smell like? I didn't know what it meant. Still don't know what it means. But that's a statement that, I mean, I, my eyes popped open, and, and I thought, I smell victory. <laughs> and I got up, went and got me a cup of coffee, sit down, and started drinking that coffee, and I, I don't know if I dozed off. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I was asleep or awake, but all I know is when I got up, and sit down in my living room, Holy Spirit began to download into me his word and his spirit. And I just sit there just hearing the word of God and just his download. And all of a sudden, I was full of strength and energy and vitality, and I was ready to go. And then, and then I'm thinking, okay, it's just a few more hours. We get to do this thing. Come on. <laughs> Amen. It's amazing how, see, there's somebody inside of you. When we're talking about being filled with the Spirit, we're talking about a person, the representative of God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, living on the inside of you that doesn't feel what you feel, that doesn't, doesn't get tired like you get tired. You, when, you can't, when you have nothing, he has everything. You can't think of anything, you know, you might be completely blank. He's not. He's got, he's got an eternal library that is full, and, and this verse came into my heart, now unto him, him, who is him? He is the God Almighty, the creator God, the one that created heaven and earth, the one that created you, the one that holds everything together with the word of his power, the one that, the one that, that, that uh, gives us the anointing of the spirit, the glory of his spirit, the one that heals us when we're sick, the one that, the one that is there when everybody else is gone. He is ever present. Now unto him, the glorious almighty God, unto him who gives you strength, where you, he gives you strength and might in your very inner man. Praise God. Who are we talking about? We're talking about somebody that cares about everything in your life. We're talking about somebody that walks with you. He, he hears your cry. He, he knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. He loves you beyond anything we could comprehend. His love is eternal. His love is boundless. His love is without limits. His glory is, is beyond the imagination of this world. And we're talking about, and God has filled us. That God has filled us. Now unto him. And the next word says, who is able? Able. Now unto him who is able. See, Paul, Paul's talking about this. He's talking about praying. He's talking about being filled with might by his spirit, strength and might in our innermost being. Talking about to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, to search out, to be rooted and grounded in love, and to search out the width, the length, the height, the depth, and, and trying to find, you know, all we can find out about the love of God. And he's talking about being filled with, the, with uh, God himself. And then at the very end, Paul's, Paul can't help but just start going into praise. And after he talked about that, he says, now to him, to him. See, you can't talk about God without getting a praise in your heart. 
You can't think about God without getting a praise in your heart. It doesn't matter what you're going through, what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter because when you begin to meditate on the Lord, there's something begins to rise up inside of you. Why? Because you begin to yield to that one person that never has a lack of praise, that never has a lack of worth, that never has a lack of faith, that never has a lack of hope. He never runs out of joy. He never runs out of peace. He never runs out of long-suffering and mercy and goodness. He's always got what we need and it's eternal it never runs out there's no limit there's no boundaries there's no there's no cap on the thing it is boundless it's an ocean of, of what living water springing up inside of us that never runs out now unto him who is able in the book of daniel turn with me to the book of daniel we read a story today about everybody knows shadrach meshach and abednego and we, we read about how that they stood up for God. You know, there's times in your life that things don't go right, even though you're doing right. Somebody needs to say amen. There's times, that no matter, you might be doing everything you know to do, you might be living a good life, and things still don't go right. That's called life. God didn't say he'd deliver us from life. He said he would deliver us from our troubles which means we're going to have troubles. Psalms 34 says, This poor man cried unto the Lord, and he delivered me from all my troubles, all my problems. Read it in Psalms 34. It starts out with, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And different parts of that chapter, he goes into, into I, I, will, you know, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. And then he'd say, I cried out to the Lord. This poor man cried out to the Lord. And he heard me, and he delivered me from all my problems, from all my troubles. He delivered me. Oh, thank God. Which means in this life, you're going to have some problems. Jesus had problems. He had 12 of them that I know of. <laughs> he, had, he had problems he had to deal with. Amen. Amen. There were storms that come against him. There was people that come against him. He was doing everything right. Jesus did everything right. He was perfect. He was holy. He was the Son of God, and yet the Son of God had constant things going wrong and constant problems. The only difference was every problem he was the answer to. When he walked this world, there was not a problem he didn't have an answer for. Amen. Oh, yeah, he lost loved ones. He, 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 he didn't have a home. Did you know Jesus was homeless? We got a minister in Branson called that. Jesus is homeless. And he didn't have, he didn't have anything in this world. And, and people turned on him. All of his disciples abandoned him and left him. You know, he, 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 he got so frustrated with people. Did you, did you know Jesus got frustrated? Yeah, he did. After he fed the 5,000, you know, and, 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 you know, met their needs and everything, and yet the hardness of their heart and, and then Jesus just kind of turned it around on them and, and said, listen, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't even have part in this thing. What was he saying? He said, you're following me for the things you can get out of me, but that's not what it's about. You got to commit. You got you to give yourself to this thing. Amen. Things didn't always go right. 
In the apostles' lives, things didn't always go right. You can live the most holy life you want to live, but life's still going to throw things at you. You're still going to have problems. You're still going to have, you're going to run into block walls when, you, when it looks like the path is clear and all of a sudden, next thing you know, you run right into a block wall and you can't get anywhere. And it seems like it's too high to get over and it's too, too deep to tunnel under. It's too wide to go around. There's things come up in your life that, t- that consume your attention and you think all of life has stopped and there it is you can't do anything until you get rid of this but i'm kind of like david he said by god i can i I can run through a troop and i can leap over a wall amen there's there's nothing there's nothing that's going to rise up ahead of me that god can't get me over no matter how tall the wall is god can get me over this wall no matter what happens god can get me through it everybody can turn on me but god will never turn on me amen there's a friend that you can count on. He's always there. Holy Spirit's always there. Amen. <laughs> we were sitting there the other night. I got my parents in the car the other night and had them back the car up away from the house and, and calling the fire department and talking to 911 and, and flames are just shooting out the windows and consuming everything that they have on this earth was being consumed by flames and they're sitting there watching everything their home and everything they had their memories being consumed and all of a sudden my mom starts singing that song I will never walk alone sitting in the car watching her house burn watching everything burn she starts singing I will never walk alone it doesn't matter where you're at, what's going on. doesn't matter what, what you're losing. If you'll yield to the Holy Spirit, he'll start worshiping. If you'll yield to him, he's got a song to sing. In the midnight hour, you might think that everything's gone. Heartbreak, crying, tears might come in the night. But if you'll just yield to the Holy Spirit, he'll start worshiping. He'll start singing. And next thing you know, joy comes in the morning. And God begins to take you out of that mess and out of that darkness and out of the things that's trying to crush you and end you. I learned that lesson years ago. To learn, I learned to sing when everything's wrong. I learned to worship when nothing's going right. When it seems like everything's going wrong, I learned to worship. Holy Spirit started teaching me that early on, and it was hard. These lessons are hard to learn. They don't come easy. Amen. You might be, thank you, Austin. You might be full of the Holy Spirit. You might, be, you might have the power of God working in you, but I've got to tell you something. When things go wrong in your life, it doesn't mean that you're automatically going to know what to do and know how to do it. Because there's, there's a lesson that you have to be discipled. You have to learn these things. Amen. You can't, you're, you're not going to just start singing in your midnight hour just because you feel like it. You're going to do it because you know it's right. Because there's somebody inside of you coaxing you, trying to get you to break out of your bondage, trying to get you to break out of your darkness, trying to get you to push through when everything's going wrong. We need to shake off this, God, why are you letting this thing happen to me? We need to shake that off as a body of Christ. Stop asking that question and rise up and start worshiping when everything's going wrong in your life because that's where power is, that's where recovery is, that's where, that's where you'll c- climb back out of the pit that you've fallen in. It's not God that threw you in that pit, but I'll guarantee you it's God that's going to pull you out of it. Amen. 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 <laughs> 
I, I've experienced the presence of God in times when, when there shouldn't have been anything. I shouldn't have had any joy. Amen. I've sang to the Lord all by myself. When everything seemed to be gone, everything seemed to be gone, and yet I fall on my face and said, God, you're a good God. When you lose things, the first, the first time I actually experienced this, you've heard the story, the first time I actually experienced this is when my first little baby was, or my second baby was born, little girl, she was born that morning, and by that evening I was holding her lifeless body in my, in my arms, trying to figure out what in the world happened, what's going wrong, and in the middle of the night, they're just completely covered up with sorrow, seemed like everything was gone. The doctors tell me that Betty's life was in danger because there was an infection that was in her body, and if they didn't get it under control, it could kill her, and if, at the very least, she'd have to have a hysterectomy and never have any more children, and I'm sitting there in the darkness covered up all my the, so many bills that I don't I can't even fathom the amount of money that's building up on me and it seemed like everything was gone and all I'd been doing is preaching the gospel and helping people and healing the sick and watching souls saved and then all of a sudden I run into this thing and my life seems to be just coming out of control in one day but in that night when it seemed like everything was gone it was dark I heard a voice down inside of me begin to say it's time to worship it's time to sing. And in my heart, I said, I can't sing. What can I sing about? I can't worship. And yet somebody inside of me started singing. Somebody inside of me started worshiping the Lord. And next thing I know, in the midnight when everything was gone, just held my lifeless baby in my arms, all of a sudden praise started coming up out of my innermost being. And I started worshiping God in the darkness. And God pulled us out of that pit. He pulled us out of that darkness. And he gave us life. I've got two children and two grandchildren in heaven in the presence of God right now. They're worshiping God and they're cheering me on. If they can, if they can I don't know if they can see me. I think it'd be too painful to them to have to watch us. But if, if in the presence of God, they are worshiping right now. I got two children and two grandchildren worshiping God right now. And one of these days I'll join them and I'll be with them. There is hope. There's never an end. In your midnight hour, there is hope. In your midnight that hour you can sing and you can worship. Don't ever lose your song no matter what happens. Because I refused to let that thing bury me and because Holy Spirit began to resurrect me in that very night, Holy Spirit began to resurrect me. Two weeks later, I started, uh, started preaching, uh, supposed to preach a week here in a time when I felt like I was broken and had nothing to give. Pastor Darrell friend come to him and he said, son, I, we've got a week of meetings scheduled and I think you need to do them. I said, Pastor Darrell, I, I don't even know what to say. My life has just been destroyed, and I'm trying to dig my way out. How do I, what, what could I preach? He said, son, I just want to give you the opportunity. One, one just a little bit later, I, I prayed, and I said, God, what should I do? And I called him up, and I said, Brother Darrell, I'll do it. 
and we started a week of meetings here that ended up going for six weeks. People being saved, healed, demon, demons coming out of people. That's after the darkest night of my life. And the next thing I know, we're in the middle of the glory of God, the presence of God. Why? Because I refuse to let life bury me and throw dirt on top of me. I came back because there's somebody inside of me that always has a praise, always has victory, always has hope, and he resurrects us when we refuse to give up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came to a place where they had to make a decision. We can just go along to get along, or we can stand for what we know is, is truth. And the king said, you're going to bow down and worship me when they play the music. You're going to bow down and worship my image. And they said, no, we're not. And somebody went and told on them and said, they're not these, hey, these, these people are, and, and they, were in the, they were in the government. They had been brought into the government. And, and they said, they're not worshiping. And the king was going to give them one more chance. In Daniel chapter 3, oh, listen, don't bite when the devil says, I'm going to give you one more chance. <laughs> you need to answer him just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered him in verse 16 of chapter 3. It said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace. They said, oh, he's able. Paul in the New Testament said, now unto him who is able. God's able to do anything. He's able to deliver us from his burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But the next thing is what sealed the deal. They said, we know that God's able. But if he chooses not to, if this is where it ends, if we have to be thrown in this fiery furnace and this is where it is, just let us tell you something, King. You're not going to hear any praise coming out of our mouths except for praise to the true and living God. We will not worship your statue. We will not worship you. We will not lower ourselves to worship your golden image, but we will worship the Lord our God only. And he said, we, let it be known. Let it be known. Let it be known that we did not bow. King got so mad, he threw a big fit, and he said, heat it up seven times hotter, and they put more, I don't know how, I don't know what they had, they must have had wood under there, you know, they threw a bunch more wood under that thing, they got it, they got it so hot that when the people, the guys that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in there, it killed the ones that threw them in. That's a hot fire. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down headlong into the fire. King felt pretty good about himself. Ain't nobody gonna come against me. Ain't nobody gonna stand against me. I'm the king. You gonna bow down and worship me? You up there strutting around. This is in Third Timothy. If you wonder where I'm reading this, <laughs> up there strutting around, thinking he was big stuff. I'm the king. I can do anything. 
There's a lot of people strutting around today in our country thinking they're going to make us bow. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> He's strutting around thinking, man, I am somebody. There ain't nobody going to stand against me. And pretty soon he gets a glimpse of something. He looks in that furnace, and he looks, looks in there. And Meshach, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were up there walking around, loose. It says they were loose, walking around in the fire. Guess what they were doing? They were singing, and they were worshiping the Lord because somebody, when they got in the fire, they, they got in there, and all of a sudden, they realized somebody else was in there, and the Lord God Almighty said, hey, guys, I've been waiting on you. been wondering when you're going to get here. Let's have, it. Let's have church. Come on. Let's worship the Lord. <laughs> Come on, Shadrach. Hit that high part. Bednego, you get the low part. We're going to, and, and, and Meshach, you get, the, you get the alto, and we're going to sing. They got into worshiping the Lord, walking around in the fire, and the only thing burned off of them was the things that was holding them bound. And the king, oh, Mr. Big Dog, Big Britches up there thinking, he's somebody, you're going to worship me. And all of a sudden, the people that wouldn't worship him is more free and more powerful than he is in the fire. And he got walked over there, and he said, hey, guys, why don't you come out of there? I don't know. I think if I'd have been one of them, I'd have said, why don't you come in here and get us? <laughs> come on, Big Bridges. <laughs> Mr. Big King, you threw us in here. Why don't you just come in here and get us out of here? See, there's a lot of times the devil tries to set you up, but he can't take the power that's about to happen right in the middle of his trap because God always shows up when we refuse to die, when we refuse to give in. I'm supposed to drink this. When we say, no, you're not going to bury me. Uh -uh. You're not going to bury me. I've had, I've had so many occasions to quit and be discouraged. I've had so many occasions to feel like it's enough. It's too much. This is, this is too much. People's turned on us. People that I loved with all my heart turn on us and, and, and try to destroy our lives. And yet God said, the Holy Spirit says, why don't you just worship the Lord right in the middle of all this? Why don't you just sing? Oh, what are you going to sing? Gloom, despair, and agony on me. No, you're going to sing God is good. God is good. Oh, you're going to sing the goodness of the Lord. I tell you, when Holy Spirit shows up, there's always one theme, and he's going to talk about the marvelous works of God. He's going to talk about the good thing on the day of Pentecost when they were baptized the Holy Spirit, that there was a sound and a noise. I got to tell you something, when the Holy Spirit is in, is, is in you, and we're worshiping. There's going to be sound. There's going to be noise. Amen. We, we, need to, we need to break agreement with quietness when we come to church. Amen. You need to, you need to vo vocalize your worship and vocalize your praise. Amen. This isn't a morgue where we come and sit down and mourn the dead. No, it's a place where we come in and rejoice at the living God Almighty. Hallelujah. At a resurrection, there's no quietness. When, when God 
comes, there's a noise. On the day of Pentecost, they said they heard a noise, sound of a mighty rushing wind. And all of a sudden, it filled the people that were in the upper room. And guess what? A noise came out of them. They began to worship. They began to sing. And the people said, how is this? All these Galileans are saying, speaking in our own language, our native tongue. They were from all over. They said, and, and guess what? They said, we heard them speak in the marvelous works of God. The Holy Spirit's got one theme. He don't talk about himself. He lifts, he lifts up God. In Matthew chapter 16, I believe it is, he said he, said he hadn't come to talk about himself, but he's come to lift up Jesus. He talked about, he come to show us Jesus. When we determine in our heart that nothing's going to shut down my praise, then I can guarantee you that God's going to get you out of whatever the world's tried to trap you in. Bruce Haynes wrote a song, when everything comes undone, praise his name, amen. Wonderful song. Talking about when things are going wrong in your life, praise his name. Just praise his name. Oh, it seems like everything's going wrong, praise his name. Hallelujah. I'll never forget waking up and ever, and I've told you all this story so many times, but it's my story. I lived it. I remember waking up in Africa one morning after should have died, this bacterial infection going toxic in my bloodstream, and and uh, you know I having all kinds of stuff happen to me. Woke up in a strange house one morning. It was dark. My eyes popped open after I don't know how many days I was there unconscious, but my eyes popped open all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, and I thought. Hey, I feel better. I think I'm going to make it. You know, instead of laying there thinking, man, how could this happen to me? Oh, no, that's not what come out of me. I could have thought, well, I was, I was supposed to be in Rwanda, and here I am in South Africa, sick, you know, and, and all this stuff going wrong in my life, and I'm in a strange, I don't even know who these people are. I'm in a strange house all by myself. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening. But I wake up and I feel the presence of God. You know what? I didn't have any of those thoughts. The thoughts I had was, oh, God, you're good. You are good. <laughs> you are good. I'll never forget when they put me on an airplane to fly me to a place in Durban, South Africa, to a missions training school, and they got me on that airplane. I, could, I couldn't see couldn't, didn't, you know, I could just make out images and colors. I couldn't see. I had a pounding headache. I was so weak I couldn't hardly stand up. And yet on that, on that airplane as I was flying to another, another place where I didn't know the people, I didn't know where I was going to be, I, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen. But on that airplane, I'm sitting there and just the presence of God was so strong and powerful in my life that I, tears started running down my face, which, which is a miracle. That just doesn't happen. And these tears started running down my face. And I just started saying, God, you're so awesome. God, you're so awesome. It wasn't, I wasn't able to say, God, you're so awesome because, because everything that had been happening was pretty bad. But the presence, I felt his presence so strong on that airplane. 
that as far as I could tell, everything was great because I was, I was full of somebody that is stronger than my greatest achievements. He's strong when I'm weak. He's strong when I can't go. He is everything. I'm just wanting to encourage somebody here today. This is a word from the Lord. He gave it to me this morning when I woke up. You need to grab hold of this and say, that's my word. I've got to get up. I've got to start singing. I've got to praise the name of the Lord. I can't, I can't complain anymore. I've got to start praising and worshiping the Lord because he's my strength. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or think. Oh, hallelujah. Sometimes, sometimes he delivers you. He stops things from happening. And sometimes he delivers you in the middle of it. I remember one day driving down 65 Highway down here around 160, driving home. You know, you, you just going about everyday life. You don't know what's going to happen. Driving home, I had this old 62 Chevy pickup. Driving out and didn't have a seat belt in it. And I'm driving along there about 60 mile an hour as fast as it would go. And I'm driving about 60 mile an hour and all of a sudden a car comes across the road, hits me head on. I didn't even have time to put my brakes on. I mean, next thing I know, there's this explosion. Parts are flying everywhere. I watch the front of my truck. It's like slow motion. I watch the front of that old 62 Chevy just curl down in front of me. It just humped that truck up in the middle. Shoved the, I had this big pipe bumper on the front. Shoved that pipe bumper into the front wheels and crumpled the frame and bent it up in the middle. And it was just sitting there humped up like that. And, and I didn't hit the steering wheel. Didn't go through the windshield. Didn't have a seatbelt on. Head-on collision. I don't know how fast that would be. It was, it was quite an impact because all of a sudden it felt like the whole world hit me. And I remember watching that car that hit me spinning in circles and parts flying off of it. The whole front end just demolished on this car. And parts and pieces is flying off of it. My pickup slid over in the turning lane perfectly. Their car slid off the road over against the guardrail. Cars kept going by. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have a scratch on me. I was sore the next day, but I didn't have a scratch on me. I should have hit the steering wheel. I should have launched through the windshield. All kinds of things should have happened. And so I turn around, and I'm kicking my door trying to get the door open on that truck. And I finally get the door kicked open and run over to check on the people that hit me to see if they were all right. They were all right. They were bruised up, had their seatbelts on. They were all right. They were confused, didn't know where they was at, but they were all right. I see a lot of people say, man, God, why would you let that happen? Your angels could have stopped him from hitting me. Isn't it amazing how most of the time our minds go to the negative? You know, now what am I going to do? No. There was something that happened there that was a whole lot greater than losing my truck or all that kind of stuff. There was, there was angels jumped inside of that thing. That's the best airbag i ever seen. 
I had an angelic airbag deploy right in front of me and protect me. I never hit anything. You can't do that going that fast. I mean, when there's a collision, like you can't, you can't hold yourself back from the st- just holding the steering wheel. The steering wheel was broke loose, but I couldn't have held myself back, that kind of impact. And yet I, I was unharmed, completely unharmed. That's something to rejoice about, isn't it? You, you, don't, you don't get upset about stuff like that. You worship. Amen. You worship the Lord. Don't let anybody take your song. Don't let circumstances steal your song, your worship. If you can't get anything else out, just say, God, you're good. God, you're good. I'm trying to think of the minister's name. I, was, I heard him talking about um, his son dying. The middle son, he said he, he wanted to see somebody raised from the dead. He prayed about it. He dreamed about it. It was, it was just consuming. He wanted to see people raised from the dead. He wanted to see this happen. And they get a call that their middle son has passed away. And he said, at first, all of the things just hit you, the trauma, the, the fear, the, 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 you know, all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about. He said, all of a sudden, all of that started coming on us. But he said, me and my wife, we knew the word. We practiced the word. We knew God. And he said, we shook all that off and just started praising and worshiping God as we got in the car to drive to, to where he was at. And he said, the whole way, we just talked, we just worshiped and talked about, God, you're a good God. You're such a good God. And they just worshiped. They didn't say, God, how could you let this happen? How could we, you let us lose this happen? They just worshiped and praised the Lord. Five hours. Their son was dead five hours, and they arrived, walked in the room. And when they walked in the room, their son sat up, raised from the dead right in front of their eyes, still alive today, healthy and well with the family. You say, why would God do that? I'm wondering if, if we don't cancel out our own victory. They refuse to let fear, anguish, and hurt consume their life, and they chose rather to worship. Amen. But if not, God's able, but if not, Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would today. Oh, thank God for his goodness. But if not. But if not. Oh, we think we lose stuff. We don't really lose anything. The things of this world are temporary. Everything we lose in this world is temporary anyway. It was going to wear out. It was going to leave you. It was going to disappoint you sometime. We lose people. We think we lose people, and yet we don't lose people. Might lose their body, but we don't lose people. Hallelujah. My dad had an accident several years ago. 
fell through a, working in the attic of a building. He was there by himself, slipped, fell through the ceiling, crashed down through the ceiling, it, and landed on the back of his head on a concrete floor. Broke his back, had a severe concussion. Finally got him to the hospital. They said he could have ruptured his spleen, could have ruptured his liver, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And, and he had a severe concussion. His brain was, was, was injured. We thought everything was fine. We left that night. And he said shortly after we left, he said this well-dressed man walked into the room and said, John, you need to go with me. And he said, I just got up out of the bed and went with him. And he said, we walked down these hallways. Finally came to this big door that had this big arched door. And he said, this guy never said a word that was leading him, just, just leading him. And he said he got to this big arched door. And he said he's standing in front of this big arched door, and he said all of a sudden the door opened. And he said this young blonde-headed girl stepped out from behind the door and said she had blonde curly hair. And he said she stepped out and said, hey, Papa, I'm, I'm, I'm Beth, Bethany, your granddaughter. And he said immediately I knew her. He said she looked like you and Betty both. Talking to me, he said, you, he said, I saw Betty and you both in her. And he said, I knew her. He said, she was about 18 years old, somewhere in there. And he, he said, I just immediately knew her. And she said, she said, Papa, you can't come home yet, but soon. And stepped back behind the door and closed the door, and he was back in the hospital room. We don't lose people. Amen. They're just, they're just waiting on us to get tired of these old physical bodies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for us to get through with the job that we've got. Amen. God, God never leaves us. Never forsakes us. There's never a time when there's not hope. But if you let this world rob that from you, if you let circumstances and problems steal that from you, then you've lost everything. We've been talking about being filled with the Spirit. And I've approached this from a totally different angle than what we usually approach being filled with the Spirit. We usually talk about the manifestations of the Spirit. But I've been approaching this up to this point from a totally different, I'm talking about the changes, I'm talking about the person of Holy Spirit, the nature, the character. Because I got to tell you something, you get the character and the nature and you have the power. To be filled with the Spirit means that you are full, you are filled with somebody that can do what you can't do. Father, you're amazing. You're amazing, Father God. <laughs> you are awesome. God, I give you praise. I give you praise today, Father. I give you praise today, Father. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.